Bring it in. Read option back here on a cool and overcast day. The weather's actually starting to feel a little bit like fall. And you know what? As sad as I am that summer is starting to wrap up, I don't I don't hate it. We had low 80s, no humidity all weekend. It's like 75 right now in DC. It's it's kind of nice. So uh it's the first sign that football is coming. And uh, every week, it's it's that classic football's back every single week. Got the whole crew together. Our final preview or co- a divisional preview here for the NFL season. Uh, we will also have a fantasy pod coming at you guys next week as well. So get ready for that. But today we have the AFC North and the NFC North. And Scotty and Vito are here to break it all down with me. So, boys, how are we? Good, man. Good. Like you said, uh, getting to fall. Um you know, was uh, in Cleveland this past weekend. So, like I told Jeff, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly crushed a concert in Brown Stadium. And then I was thinking, man, this is awesome. But what's even, you know, better is that I'm going back in uh, next week to the same spot to go watch a preseason football game against your Eagles in the Brown Stadium. So, there anyway, it's just it, like, it's funny, even if you're at one of the best concerts of your life, I'm in a football stadium. All I can think about is preseason football. That's how you know I'm jonesing for it, you know? Machine oh, Gun Kelly, you were telling me how crazy it is, and I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I know he's like dating Megan Fox now, and I guess yeah. he's like, I still always kind of think of him as like a punchline, you know, because when he was a rapper, and now he's like a rock star or something. I don't know. I mean, good for him. He's he's yeah. selling out football stadiums, but when you told me he he sold out an NFL stadium, yeah. uh, I was I was genuinely genuinely shocked uh Uh, scotty and i played golf on friday and i just want to shout out the guy we played with steve who uh after it was even par through 17 holes and then chipped in on 18 after hitting one out of bounds and then hitting one into the rough it was one of the most incredible things i've seen scotty and i both both went nuts uh it was a wild day and it was on a jack nicholas course too which uh potomac shores shout out to them unbelievable a golf course and a beautiful way to, to spend the Friday. So, um, but boys, we got lots to get into here. So I don't want to hold us up because I think there's a legitimate argument that obviously the AFC West, we all think is going to be the most competitive and the most interesting from a football perspective, but the AFC North is a fascinating division, right? Mm-hmm. You have not only on the field, all the off the field stuff with, you know, the Deshaun Watson stuff and what the hell the Cleveland Browns are going to look like. And at this point, we still don't know what the NFL's, uh, you know, suspension is going to be. Their revised uh, suspension is going to be for Deshaun Watson. Um, You have Pittsburgh moving on with a new starting quarterback for the first time in 20 years. No more Big Ben bring in maybe Kenny Pickett, probably Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph to start. You have the defending AFC champions in the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow and, and a team that's coming back that's young and exciting and uh, is looking to try to compete and get their self back into a Super Bowl. And then you have the MVP from just, what, two years ago in 2019 and Lamar Jackson, who's going to step up here and and try to make a case for, for himself and, and prove that last year with all the injuries and everything they had, that that was just an off year. So this division can go in a million different ways ways uh and i think it's only fitting that we start off with the team that is the defending afc champions and that's the cincinnati Bengals. so uh 
not a massive change, not a lot of massive changes for the Bengals coming in here. They lose CJ Ozama, who is the longtime tight end there. He goes to the New York Jets, but they also bring in a younger and arguably potentially more effective weapon for Joe Burrow and Hayden Hurst. They go out and get Lyle Collins, uh, who was one of the premier tackles on the market. Now, he didn't look like himself, or at least the version we were custom last year. So hopefully he still has some good games left. They also added Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, bring back Jesse or bring back Eli Apple. Um, the biggest question from them from a personnel standpoint is they franchise tagged their safety, Jesse Bates, who is one of the better safeties in the NFL. He has not signed and he is currently not in camp. So that will make a huge difference as to what we think of this Bengals defense. So, one of the things we know about the NFL is a lot of times the team that gets the Super Bowl and loses ends up having a pretty disappointing year the next year. Mm-hmm. Do we think right off the bat here, a better or worse season? Do we see this young team continue to progress or do they take a step back here in 2022? I mean, I think they take a step back, but that's only because they made it to the AFC champion or to the, the Super Bowl and won the AFC championship last year. I, I think they're going to have a great year, make the playoffs and have a good run. It's just, it's really hard to your point after losing a Super Bowl to go back. Very few people have done it. Um, but it's hard to put anything past Joe Burrow. I mean, this is his first season we've seen him really play and he went to the Super Bowl. and on his side, you know, he did everything he needed to do to win it. So like, you know what I mean? I, I think that when you look at it, it's really hard to bet against him, but as a team, you know, it's hard to follow that up. I think they're going to take a step back, but still be really good. I actually, you know, I don't even know if they're going to win this division to your point, because it's so crazy all over the place. But this to me, there's the AFC West. We know some teams are coming out of, and to your point, Jeff, I think this is the other division. We'll see multiple teams make the playoffs out of. Um, what do well, you that think? Can only, that can only happen you, for one division though. Yeah. You want a hot take? I don't no, think it makes the playoffs. No, it gets yeah. too good. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. I, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Mm. I don't. We've seen, we've seen regression from, uh, big receivers uh, in, in their second year and years past. So, uh, I, I, look, I have all the confidence in the world in, in uh, Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, that receiving core itself is pretty deep, but I'm talking about these two particularly. When you, you said it, Vito, earlier, this is basically the second full year of Joe Burrow we see. Scotty right? hates so, Joe Burrow. And uh, no, I don't. I worry. Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow okay. hater. I know. I just think Justin Herbert's a better quarterback. Um, Anyway, but um, so second full year really for both of them. And, and like I said, in in the receivers, we've seen regression in year two. Uh, I I think if anyone can overcome that, it's that duo of Jamar Chase and and Joe Burrow. But I think there is going to be some regression uh, from both of them. Um, I'm not sold on their defense either. Um, I don't think they got really markedly better on that side of the ball, uh, especially after losing Larry Ogunjobi to, uh, to a division rival. Um, but Hey, you know, that's, they played good enough defense last year to carry him to the Super Bowl. So, uh, we'll see, but I, I I'm really keying in on, on those two guys, Jamar and, uh, and Joe Burrow, if they regress, then the team goes with them. And I think that's going to happen. I think they missed the playoffs. So, the ESPN FPI index would actually agree with you, Scotty. They wow. have the Bengals as a 45% chance to make the playoffs, which really surprised me when I saw it. But when you think about it, I don't think it's all that surprising. Um, 
I go back to the Cincinnati team last year in their first real year where it felt like they could be competitive. It was the first year we, we thought like we didn't really know what Joe Burrow was going to be. And if we're just being honest, they overachieved, right? They, they overachieved for what they did. They went on an unbelievable run through the playoffs and they beat, was it uh, Tennessee in the, in the first round that they played in. Um, and there's a couple of well, questionable the Raiders, or the Raiders, sorry, the Raiders. And then they beat Tennessee and those two teams, not to take anything away, but they didn't have to play the bills. They didn't have to play the chiefs until the championship, right? You know, they had, I'm not going to say an easier path, but not having to beat both or, you know, both the Buffalo bills and Kansas city on their way. there definitely helped. Um, and it remember too, Patrick Mahomes in the second half of the AFC championship game, he did not look right. There was speculation of a potential concussion. A lot of things worked well and broke in the favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I love this team, and, and I love Joe Burrow, and I think the offense is going to be amazing. But we're also going to be relying on an offensive line that I think is decent across the board. I think they're a little bit better than they were last year. Um, if Lyle Collins steps up and has a good year, then, yeah, I mean, he's an upgrade immediately at tackle over Jonah Williams. Um, the defense definitely came together towards the end of the season. Not having Jesse Bates would be a huge loss for this team. I think it's significant. They did spend their first round pick on Daxton Hill, who will more than likely, if um, Jesse Bates, Bates doesn't play, he will be the starting safety going in. But that's also a big role to put onto a rookie, despite the fact that I think Daxton Hill is actually a really valuable player. So they're a hard team to predict. Um, they play a first place team schedule. Yeah. Because they did win the division last year, and that's going to be tough. So right now, I could see it going either way. And, and part of that's because, you know, Lamar Jackson is over there in Baltimore. And, I, you know, if Deshaun Watson was playing with this Cleveland roster, I would think maybe it's different just from a strictly football perspective. But I do think it's going to be either them or the Ravens. And I do think they have a very good chance at the very least getting a wild card spot because – I think Joe Burrow just gets the best out of the guys around him. And that offense still will be really good. Even if Joe Mixon doesn't necessarily replicate what he did last year, which was one of the top three running backs in the NFL, statistically speaking. Yeah. That line really performed well. You know what I mean? That offensive line, both in the run game and the past played out of their, I would say like they outperformed. Right. And hopefully that's just progression, but you never know until you get a couple of years through and on the defensive side, there was a huge progression in a lot of those guys. And, and the NFL top 100 started coming out, and you saw some Bengals players, including some defensive players, start to hit that list. And, and that was really fun to see. But it, for me, I just hope for the Bengals fans that we do see at least a playoff berth, because I'll tell you what, um, you know, the Bengals have had a, a history, right? They've, they've lost two Super Bowls before this. This is their third loss. And both of those losses were to the 49ers in the, in the 80s. And after the first one, it was a strike-shortened season. They made the playoffs, and they had their ass kicked by the Jets. It was like 44-17. Then fast forward to the um, later in the, in the 80s, you know, and they had a couple losing seasons in between. Then they get back, and then the next year they don't make the playoffs again, and they regress like we're kind of used to. And so I just hope for that franchise, right, they've always had blips on the radar. They've never had this sustained success. And you have a young core, so you just got to hope that they keep taking those steps and just keep making the playoffs. You know, it's – I think fans right now, too, are used to the Tom Brady thing. Like, oh, we want to find our next Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Those are generational players. There's one in every generation that keeps winning and getting to playoffs and, and, and to Super Bowls, really. Because you can even argue, right, Aaron Rodgers is the most dynamic. But the point is, is that 
you have this guy who is Aaron Rodgers esque, who's Brady esque with winning. Just don't put too much on him in year two, but I do hope for their sake that they they do make it. Yeah, I overall I'm high on the Bengals because I'm high on Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. and I think they go where he goes. Um, remember in that playoff game against Tennessee, or it might have been the regular season game against Tennessee, but it was one of the two games they give up nine sacks. Yeah, so, in, in one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the offensive line really was not good last year, but Joe Burrow kind of Joe Burrow was able to either get the ball out fast on certain situations or make enough big plays with the talent he had to kind of overcome that. Um, they also had that questionable uh, touchdown pass against the Raiders in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Just a lot of things broke right for them, and, and there's no question. And the defense, I, I want to give credit to because the defense played out of its mind during the playoff run. But the regular season, they were middle of the pack. You know, they were decent. Um, So it kind of felt like they caught a little bit of lightning in a bottle to make that run. But that also doesn't mean that they can't turn around and come. And that's, I guess that's where you have to kind of figure out where this team is, right? Was it a one time they caught lightning in a bottle, they made a big run, and they got all the breaks to go their way, including all, you know, someone went back. I think it might have been Bill Barnwell, but someone went back and, and did, like 25 years of, or like 30 years of injury history in the NFL and came up with some statistic for it. And the the Ravens last year were the most injured team in like the history as, as far back as they basically tracked that it was like over 25 years Wow! since a team was as injured as the Ravens that contributed to the luck. I mean, the Bengals went 10 and seven in the regular season. Now they lost a game against green Bay that they should have won. They lost a game against the jets that they should have won. But that was part of the thing was it was like, I kept saying last year, I was like white 500 yard game. Yeah. I kept saying last (laughs) year, like, I think it was a Thursday night game. I was like, this is this team, as much as I like them, they did lose to the Jets. So it's not just like they're overly talented, but they are young. So it, to me, it's one of two things. They either caught lightning in a bottle and they're going to regress hard, or it's a young nucleus who overachieved in year two with Joe Burrow coming off the ACL. And they're going to take that, you know, take another step, maybe win more regular season games and not get as far into the playoffs, but will look better and be more complete of a football team. And to your point there, I mean, they beat the Ravens twice last year, both by 20 points or more. Yeah, they uh, the Ravens. Ravens are not going to let that happen this year. <laughs> I don't think they got they got better enough that even if it was, you know, a, the real deal, <clears throat> I don't think they got better enough this year in the offseason to get them much further than, than that 10-win mark that they got last year because of their schedule, which is brutal, by the way. Um, and they play some really tough games. They play some really tough road games. So I don't, I don't expect them to, to do better than they did last year. I'll say this though, for, for, I've seen other first place schedules that are more daunting. Um, You know, they do have to go to Dallas, which could be a tough game, but you know, we said when we talked about the NFC East, like none of us are that high on Dallas. I think, but that's going to be a high scoring game. And I think the Bengals offense is going to be really, really good. I think they'll be able to compete. You have obviously Baltimore and Pittsburgh and all those games are going to be tough, but you also have the jets on the schedule. You have the saints, you have the Falcons, uh, you have Carolina, you have Tennessee who we're not particularly high on. The only three teams that are out of conference that really scare me on this schedule are home against Kansas city at Tampa Bay and then home against Buffalo. 
And I think they could go one and two or two and one out of the, those stretches of games. And I still think they'd have a decent chance of being able to win the division or win, you know, at least 10 games to potentially 12 games. Now, is that going to be enough to win the division? I'm not sure because the Ravens, because they did finish last, have the easiest schedule in the AFC North. And that's going to be kind of tough. Um, I will say Burrow uh, did have an appendectomy. So yeah. he just, as of yesterday, practiced with the Bengals in seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah, expect- you share that in common. <laughs> That's right. The expectation yeah. is that he'll be ready um, to go during um, you know week one, but he did miss – he will have missed almost all of training camp if that were to happen. Um, and he definitely will not be playing in the preseason. I, I, at least I find it hard to believe that he'll be playing in the preseason. And – yeah. That could also set them back a little bit with, you know, home against Pittsburgh and at Dallas first two weeks of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see. I love, by the way, I just want to shout out T Higgins and we're going to get to our fantasy stuff next week. T Higgins is a guy that everyone should go after. Um, teams are going to be terrified of Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase is not slowing down anytime soon. Joe Burrow is going mm-hmm. to keep hitting T Higgins. I think both of those guys, if you, obviously Jamar Chase is going to go high, but you might be able to get T Higgins in a later round. I love T Higgins. Mm. Real high on him. And I and I also like I like what they did going out and get Hayden Hurst too. I mean, it sucks to lose Ozama, but Yeah. I think they got slightly better on the O-line. They did. And- I think the O-line like I actually I was going to mention, I know you touched on that. I really like I mean, I I personally really like some of the additions that they made there. Uh, Lyle Collins, I think, will have a better uh, comeback. Alex Kappa, I like, and take care of us, the other dude. Um, I, they're at least on paper improvements. So mm-hmm. let's see if they go to the field. But uh, bringing in some help is great. Um, they, they had a couple high draft picks um, that are rookie deals that, that they're trying to develop over the last couple of years. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And I actually think they upgraded at defensive tackle there. I know they lost Larry Joby, but uh, they've also brought in B.J. Hill. So um, – it's going to be – I'm excited for this team. I'm excited to watch Joe Burrow. Uh, Scotty's telling us that Bengals over under is nine and a half. Where are you guys leaning here? I'm going to say – I'm going to say under. I'm going to say nine when they squeak yeah. in the playoffs. I'm, I'm under. They have a, they have a, a tough, uh, tough stretch of road games. Uh, and then the last five weeks of the season, it's Chiefs, Browns, at Bucks, at Patriots, Bills, and Ravens. Sorry, six weeks, so. It's That's a tough, a tough, tough way to end the season. So I'm it's under. tough, tough stretch. I'm definitely taking the over. Um, th- there's a lot of wins on here. And I, I think they end up probably going four and two in the division. I think they'll probably lose a couple games just because I'm not particularly high on Pittsburgh and, uh, and we'll get mm-hmm. to them in a little bit. And without Deshaun Watson, I I'm not afraid of Cleveland right now. I'm, I'm just not. So um, I could see them dropping a couple of those games here and there, or, or maybe one or splitting with Baltimore, but um yeah, I think I think eleven to twelve wins. I think for this Cincinnati Bengals team, I think they look better in the regular season. I don't think they go as far in the playoffs, though. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, switch gears then and move to the team that I think might end up actually winning this division um, and is going to be going on a bit of a scorched earth tour. Um, the Baltimore Ravens. I just mentioned it. I'd saved that note about the injuries until then, but it just happened to come up in conversation. But yeah, coming off the most injured season that any team's had in the last 25 years of the NFL, uh, and yet they still went eight and nine. Uh, One of those injuries going to Lamar Jackson, um, who missed, what, I think the last six weeks of the regular season. 
Um, so he missed, you know, at least a third, if not a little bit more of the regular season. Um, I am optimistic about this team. Uh, I loved what they did in the draft, you know, obviously going out and getting Kyle Hamilton in the first round mm-hmm. is a perfect fit for them. Uh, this secondary, which was a problem for them last year is going to actually end up being, I think one of the strengths of this team, because they didn't just go out and get Kyle Hamilton in the draft. They also signed Marcus Williams, who was arguably the best safety on the market. Uh, they bring in a couple of decent pass rushers. I think that's going to be the biggest weakness of this team. Uh, they also bring in Kyle Fuller, who will be a nice third, um, third guy, but they also had Mar- they have Marlon Humphrey on one side. They have, uh, uh, why am I blank blanking on his name? The other cornerback, uh, Patrick Queen. Pat, no, he's linebacker. Oh, this is gonna kill. Me. I just had his name in my head. Um, oh, uh, oh, he used to play for the Peters. Rams. Thank you. Yes, Marcus uh, Peters. Marcus Peters. That's it. Um, so you're gonna have Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey on the outside. Those are two great corners coming off of injuries. So obviously, got to keep it somewhat tempered. And they also then Hamilton they... and and. Uh, Marcus Williams, that's a really, really good secondary. Well, and I was going to add, so they got from the Broncos, Kyle Fuller, who's, yeah, he's older, but he's going to play nickel. And can that dude tackle? He forces fumbles. He fits with their style, I think, better than he does even with ours. Um, I love that pick, and and, uh, I love what he's going to do there. Yeah, there's a lot to like about what they did on defense. Now, Patrick Queen um, didn't play great on the second half of the season last year, but I mean, they were in such a tough spot and just so defeated. I mean, which I, I get, by the way, like that, that's such such a tough situation for them to be in um, just as a team, as an organization. And yet they still won eight games. Um, the Lamar contract thing, I think, is going to be a slight overhang over this season. I, I think by the time the season actually starts, I think it'll be OK. Um, there's some interesting stuff going around about Lamar and his what he's done with his body. He's actually supposedly picked up about 15 pounds, um, which you think on the surface well, is, is a good thing, right? You want to protect him. I'm really curious as to what that's, what that's going to look like for a guy who's always been real thin and long and, and lanky and so quick. Um, if that takes anything away from him as a runner, I don't think 15 pounds will be enough to do it, but that is 15 extra pounds that's weighing around your body as you're running around too. Well, to your point, I think that's that's about what happened to Vic when he came back with the Eagles. He was about mm-hmm. he was a little higher, but then he, he added mass to your point, uh, lifting weights in prison. Uh, but anyway, I think the uh, when he came back, though, and he was older, don't get me wrong. It's not a year to year thing, but it, he was still quick to your point. But it wasn't like he was taken off and outrunning a player to the to the pylon. So we'll see what happens there. I, I my biggest question mark for this team is that receiver. You have Rashard Bateman 100%. and Devin Duvernay. I, I know you have Mark Andrews, who's basically your number one, but what the hell's going on here, guys? I mean, you lose you lose Hollywood Brown. I don't know. I mean, I know they run a lot, and they have a great line, and, and I love the running back stable. I really do, and they're healthy. I think J.K. Dobbins is poised for a breakout year, but I really don't know what this team's going to look like. If they don't lead the league in rushing or at least are, like, top two, I don't know, you know, how much success that's this team's going to have. And, and I'm worried if they get down in games, you know? Well, the one nice thing is when they are healthy and, and when the Mars healthy, they are the number one running team in football mm-hmm. and have been every single year. They are like the running thing is not, they're going to be able to run the ball whenever and however they want to be able to run the ball. Um, however, yeah, they don't have, I mean, Marquise Brown 
dropped a bunch of balls and was inconsistent and yeah, was a deep threat, but honestly didn't never really panned out to be the number one that they hoped for. Uh, they have Rashad Bateman there in his second year who missed the first half of last season due to injury. But you're right. After that, there is a long, long drop off. You're looking at guys like Devin du- uh, Duvernay and Tylen Wallace. Um, I mean, just Slade Bolden you yeah. know, as a slot receiver. I mean, they they have no real depth. Now, I liked Rashad Bateman a lot coming out of college, uh, coming out of Minnesota. And I, and I think he'll be, you know, decent. But again, He's really inexperienced. So is Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, are the two of them going to be enough? They might with Lamar Jackson, because the one thing I've said about Lamar, and I've made this comp before, is it's kind of like how defenses in the NBA have to just completely change the way they play to adjust to Steph Curry, right? Like everyone is better and gets more open looks and becomes a better shooter when they play with Steph Curry. And wide receivers are more likely to get open when you play with a guy like Lamar Jackson is a way to extend plays and the way that guys can break out of their routes and run back to the ball and run back and find Lamar. Lamar makes plays like that. Um, and then to get, then again, if guys aren't open, then Lamar takes off and that's when he's at his most dangerous yeah. and, and you have to devote, you know, devote extra resources to protect um, your defense from getting lit up from Lamar, just gouging you for these 20 to 30 yard runs that he breaks off almost seamlessly. Um I don't know. I mean, I think they really only have two wide receivers you trust, and that's a scary thing going into it, especially because one of them's a tight end. Yeah, I, think- I was good. I mean, does it make you that one-dimensional, though, with Lamar? Because I, I feel like Lamar, just by himself, uh, can can rectify that problem. I mean, he can, but I'd also say, and I think Lamar is a, a better passer, at least was compared to Jalen Hurts last year, but I think it's not too dissimilar to what the Eagles were in last year, right? You know, you had Devontae and you had Dallas Goddard as receiving weapons and the rest of it was like, all right, well, we're just going to sit up and run and you can win a bunch of games. You can get into the playoffs even, but are you going to, how high is your ceiling without that? And Lamar is a better passer right now than Jalen hurts was last year. No, no question. But I do think it limits your, your ceiling because I think teams will eventually start to, I don't say figure out because there is no figuring out what Lamar is going to do going into a game. But I do think that teams will at least be able to game plan a little bit more than they have in the past. Well, to your point, late in the season, everyone's banged up. And, and that goes to another main point here. When he won MVP, it was 2019, right, his MVP season? Mm-hmm. And it, it was Ronnie Staley was his left tackle, great left tackle for the Ravens. Um, in the last two seasons, I'm looking this up here, he's played – yeah, he's only played 380 snaps in the last two seasons. So, you know – when you have that pillar left tackle, it's a lot easier. So my, my key to the Ravens success is going to be Ronnie Staley, the left tackle staying healthy. And if that happens, I think both running and passing will, will be a little bit better and, and it'll take care of itself. So to me, that's, that's kind of the key for this team. Well, and that's a huge question mark too, because Ronnie Staley has not looked the same in, in about two years now since he had that devastating ankle injury right after he signed that big contract to go, play with the Baltimore Ravens and he only got into a few games last year before re-injuring it and did not look good. So, uh, and what, what was interesting is, you know, Lane Johnson came out and talked about, uh, you know, he, until last year, and it really wasn't until about the halfway point of last year when he came back from the mental health break that he took, he had suffered an ankle injury playing the Jaguars in London in 2017. And he had said that it had, it had never felt right and he had never trusted it really fully until after he took that mental health break and went away from the team and, you know, worked on himself and 
finally felt like he could trust his body again. And that's why he was so good in the second half of last year. So there's no question that Ronnie Staley has that in him still. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, can he get over what, you know, it, it, or is he dealing with something similar to Lane Johnson? You know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to speculate. It's just a lot of times with these guys, when you can't trust your body, right. If you can't be what you thought you or what you were before, you know, you can be kind of good or you can be somewhat productive, but it's really, really hard to be the same caliber of guy. And they need Ronnie Stanley. That's the, that's the scary part. Yeah. What Scotty, how does this team line up over under? Cause this is an interesting uh, one. I, I'm expecting a lot. I wonder what, what they're saying. I got them at 10 and a half. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say over. I think the easier schedule yeah. helps them. I'm glad they didn't win the division last year for their sake. Right. And, but they, to Jeff, to your point, they still did well. So I think when you add Lamar to this, the defense is going to be, do what they do. Um, I, I really think that they'll still come out swinging and they'll have a couple huge games. Lamar's Lamar. I'll, I'll, uh, former MVP I'll bet on until he proves otherwise. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think legitimately they have a shot at winning five division games, uh, <clears throat> which is, would be huge. And and even if they don't, even if they go 500 in the division, their schedule sets up nice where they can still find a ninth or a tenth win. I think they go above 500 um, in division uh, and well above it. So I'm, I'm on the over too. Yeah, I think even if they end up going four and two in the division and looking at the yeah. you know what the way the rest there's, of their schedule lines yeah, out, there's still seven wins on there. Yeah, I, I think I think there's <laughs> at least twelve wins comfortably. I, I really do think they're going to win the division, um, but I don't see them going far in the playoffs. I, I would love to see Lamar get another crack at it. I, I'm still cautious about Lamar. Um, he's in a contract year, right? Um, I do love, I love the Tyler Linderbaum pick too. And I think yeah, he's going to come yeah. in and be starting right away. Uh, there's like, I guess there's a small chance that Ajabo ends up coming back. Remember they got him early in the second round, but I doubt that. So a lot of this is going to come down to your Penn state boy OA being, cause the, the D lines, the, my biggest concern with them on defense, I think they're going to be solid everywhere else. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball really, really well um, that. And then Stanley in the wide receiver room. So there's questions, but Lamar alleviates so many of those questions that I think you have to kind of bet on them, like you said, Vito. And so I'll t- I'm going to take the over two. I think they actually end up winning the division as well. Same. Um, but right. I, I see them at 12 wins, and I see probably Cincinnati at about 11. I think I think they're go. Which I think most people would say otherwise, especially compared to years past when we talk about the AFC North. But the next two teams are going to go through have a lot of questions. And the next one we are going to talk about is the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to uh, save the Cleveland Browns for last. Um, this team's all going to, it's all about the quarterback position, right? The one nice thing, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan is you have the most stable franchise in the NFL. That's not named the new England Patriots. Um, you know, it's the streak now. I think it's 20 or 15 years or however long that, Tomlin's been the head coach there 15, 16 years. Yeah. Um, 15. Never gone below 500. And this <laughs> is going to be a really, really big test for them, man, because Trubisky seemingly, at least if the first preseason game, uh, which again, and I've told this to people before, never read anything from preseason games. You can see a couple of things, but not a whole lot. Um, Trubisky is probably going to come in and be the starter at some point or in week one. And then I think we end up seeing Kenny Pickett at some point this year. Uh, it's hard to see how exactly this team's going to be better 
unless we're really, really surprised, right? Like if, if Mitch Trubisky comes out and actually is an improved version and, and shows off the legs and the arm talent and some of the stuff that he had that made him go number two overall, then you know what? I, I wouldn't be overly shocked, right? Like I'd be like, I, I guess I would be surprised, but I could see them being a good team if that were to happen. I just don't think based off of what we've seen that that's going to happen. They've added some pieces on the O-line, which they desperately needed because that Man, offensive line was bad last year. Um, it was awful. That's and, my biggest concern. <laughs> oh, the offensive line was terrible. And it, that's why Big Ben had to keep getting the ball out so fast. And if there's one thing we know about Mitch Trubisky is he doesn't do well when he's got pressure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. So PFF has a projection for offensive line for 2022, which I've been kind of using that to base the research and then go, go look at stuff. They're projected the Steelers to be 30th. And they said this is a little bit of an improvement from last year. So, I mean, it, it doesn't look great. And then on the flip side, on the defensive line, right, they're fourth in this same projection by PFF because, I mean, you just have T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward, and, and that defense is it, – it's Pittsburgh. This and they is picked going up Ogan Joby. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, they're just a great defensive team here. I, I'm expecting a lot out of them on that side of the ball. But, Jeff, in this division, man, I just don't know if with that line going against these teams – Right. I don't know against the Ravens, against the Browns and against the Bengals, if you're going to be able to keep up with those offenses. And when you have the ball, you got to capitalize against a team like the Ravens, who's going to drown the clock on you. I don't think they have it to, to do well in the division. Um, I don't know, man. This is going to be a tough one for them. I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a grind every year. Um, I think they're going to win games that they're probably not supposed to because of of Mike Tomlin. Um, and I think at some point we see Kenny Pickett come in. I think Kenny Pickett's going to look pretty good. They also, um, I love what they did with George Pickens, who so far has lit it up. I mean, the touchdown catch he had, I don't know if you guys saw it in the preseason, might have been the tightest toe line back corner touchdown. I mean, I'm talking about the back right pylon, the exact point in the back right corner where the green becomes the white he got his second foot down in. It was one of the most incredible like preseason plays I've seen in a, in a really, really long time. And George Pickens is going to be a stud because if there's, if there's one thing that the Steelers have done really, really well, it's draft wide receivers. They absolutely kill yeah. the draft and when it comes to drafting wide receivers. And they got another one in George Pickens, so I think it's going to be did. really good. They did, but they're also, you know, trying to negotiate a contract with their number one in uh, in Deontay Johnson. So no, they already got him uh, a contract. They signed oh, they him. Did? La- yeah, they signed him last week. Oh, good. That's yeah. good. So Deontay is going to be out the door. <laughs> yeah, De- Deontay's under contract for guy. They gave him an extension, and they have Chase Claypool there, and now they have George Pickens. So they have three solid wide and Calvin receivers. Calvin Austin the third too. Mm-hmm. They drafted. They have Najee Harris, who's their best offensive yeah, weapon, exactly. who is going to help. <laughs> if, if nothing else, you know, Matt Canada, when he was brought into Pittsburgh, you know, in college, he ran a lot of this like forward thinking, you know, progressive offense. It was a lot of stuff. RPOs, um, but so much of it because of Big Ben, they couldn't really run and they had to run a more traditional style of offense where Big Ben, the offensive line as well, where Big Ben just had to get the ball out quick. Now, Having Najee back there actually helps with some of the pressure because he forces the linebackers and everyone else to freeze for a second, especially in those RPOs. And I think with Mitch, that'll actually help him a lot. It'll make his decision-making, at least the process of decision-making, a lot easier than what it was before. So I am excited to watch his offense for a little bit. I do think the offensive line got a little bit better, but it's still not particularly good. And on the defensive side, 
Cam Cam Hayward was like had there's like PFF articles written about like how he had statistically by the advanced analytic standards like one of the most incredible seasons of all time by an interior defensive line. Wow. And then you look outside and TJ Watt has 22 and a half sacks and ties the record and has an unbelievable season wins defensive player of the year. And then Minka Fitzpatrick who didn't have, didn't get a ton of turnovers, but still had probably his best and most solid season as a pro. And this is again, one of the best safeties in the NFL. Mm-hmm. My concern is it's going to be really hard for all of them to replicate that system because are any of them going to be any better like how is it better to do something that was already the best i think the best you can hope for is that they somehow replicate it but realistically and statistically they're all probably going to regress they're all probably going to come back a little bit and i think that means this defense isn't going to look great they brought in miles jack at linebacker because devin bush had a really really bad year last year who they traded up in the draft a couple of years ago so I'm I'm not super bullish on the defense, at least not as bullish as I've been in years past, despite the amount of talent that is there for simple just regression reasons. Yeah, there's a lot of first round picks on there. And to your point, Steelers just draft well. That's a damn good franchise. And uh, you look at their number one picks, they're usually playing, you know, uh, ones and twos and everything. And and that's that's the sign of a good franchise. I do think on the defense, like you say, Cameron Hayward's 33, man. I mean, he's he's doing incredible work for his age. He was. Um, drafted back in 11, 2011, which is just wild. Uh, but he is still crushing it. Um, and, and really, yeah, even when you look on the offensive side, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, yeah, Calvin Austin, the third, um, who they just picked up, uh, Deontay Johnson. I mean, th- there's ta- Pat Fryermuth, obviously. Um, there's just talent all over with Najee in the backfield. Even Benny Friar. Snell Jr. You know what I mean? Like the backup is, is a dynamic. This team has so much, they just need a damn line. And I think yeah. I would put them to win the division if they had an actual line and a quarterback that we trusted. But without those two things in football, man, it can go south quick. <laughs> well, hey, that's a great point. But also the the thing, one of the things that bummed me out too was, um, and this is a small thing, but watching their preseason game the other night, they had Jalen Warren, from who was the running back from Oklahoma State last year, which I had forgotten. He That's where he ended up getting drafted, which sucks because – He's like the fourth running back on their depth chart, and he's a stud. He's, yeah. a, he's a freaking bowling ball, and he scored an awesome touchdown in the preseason game. And he's a guy that I'm like, why couldn't he have ended up in, like, New England or like on Tampa Bay or on a team that, like – or even, like, a Buffalo, like a team that, like, really needs – like, I could see him get getting snaps. He's not yeah. going to get snaps because Anthony McFarland was running really, really hard. Benny Snell, yeah. to your point, is really good. So they have a ton of depth. They have a lot of great posi- – and Fryermuth too, I think, is a stud. So you're adding Fryermuth into the conversation as another potential weapon. I'm curious, if you had to predict right now, what week do you think we see Kenny Pickett? I'm going to say – let me let me pull up the schedule real quick. Because you, you got to factor in the Mike Tomlin of it all too, right? Where Mike Tomlin yep. is going to be like a – he will wait longer, I think, to switch off of a starting quarterback than other coaches. So here's the first couple games I want to run through. They have at Bengals, home against the Patriots, at the Browns, home against the Jets, at the Bills, home against the Bucks. Those are their first six games. I'm going to say you don't want to start them going up against a tough defense, which the Bucks are a tough defense. I think the Jets are going to have a good defense. The Browns will rush well, and the Bills have a rush. So I, I actually think week seven against the Dolphins maybe um, is what I'm thinking. And, and to your point, 
you know, that's a little later. And then honestly, week eight, they play the Eagles and then they have a bye week. So it could be in that halfway through the season right there. Yeah. But I, I don't know see after the bye. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you're playing the saints, the Bengals, the Colts, you're playing, I mean, still good teams. Don't get me wrong. It but... also depends on the record, right? Cause if they, if they're, you know, going into week seven, that game against Miami and they're one in five, which is very realistic looking at the schedule <laughs> though. I do think they will be better than Cleveland, but if they're one in five going into that game, uh, dice. I, I think Tomlin will, I, I think that's the kind of thing where Tomlin's like, all right, we got to get somebody in there. But and we know he, he won't blink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, uh, he'll do whatever it is that's best for them to win that week. And he won't care about what anyone else says. And I think to your point, once he sees enough, he won't move off of it quick enough, but if he, he won't do it to play a rookie, he'll do it because they have the better chance with the rookie. I'll say this though. I do think Trubisky is going to look better than we've seen him in the past. He better with those weapons. You're right. The line, but he better with I mean, those he, weapons. The weapons are good. The line's better than what he had in Chicago. But I also just think, I think the year in Buffalo really helped him. I think it really helped him develop and working with Dayball and then working with being in the same room as Josh Allen. Like I think that year off and we saw it with Jameis even right. Like Jameis <laughs> yeah. before he got hurt last year looked better than what we had seen him before. He was less of a gunslinger. So the numbers were down, but so were the interceptions, which, you know, I think is part of that too. So I, I think Trubisky will look pretty good. I think that'll buy him till probably about the buy. Cause even still like if Trubisky has a rough game, cause Miami's defense will be pretty good. And then the Eagles defense, I think is going to be really good. And, and yeah. if Jordan Davis comes, you know, if some of those guys come in and mess him up a little bit, like I could see that being a really tough game for Pittsburgh. So what is the over under at Scotty? What do you have? Seven and a half. Oof. Yeah, this is tough. I'm going to say under and go to seven. Same. Uh, yep. Maybe even six. I think this is the, the first <laughs> time Tomlin has a losing record. And I think it, it, oh, that's so hard to say though, with that defense yeah. and those weapons. Fuck it. I'm going over. I'm going over. I'm going to say nine, nine and eight, just, just for the fact that I'm not betting against Tomlin having a winning season. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to do it. There's yeah. only a, go ahead, Scotty. Yeah. I I'm, I'm going with your original, uh, thought veto i'm going under i just i don't see it i like that we you just mentioned those first five games jeff or six games uh rather and and that's tough enough then you got dolphins and eagles and saints and Bengals right after that um all of whom i think uh, could be playoff teams um their their easiest game on the schedule comes the first week of december against the falcons um well, they have the Jets. Oh, they have the, the first, Jets too. In the first stretch. But I think to that uh, point, Scotty, and this is why I'm with you here too, there's if you look at the schedule, there's only a couple of wins that you feel really good about the Steelers. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. the Jets, it's the Falcons, um, it's Carolina. Maybe a fluke game against, uh, against one yeah. of their division opponents. Well, it's yeah. Carolina, and then I think they probably steal two or three games in the division because that's just what happens in the AFC North. Same yeah. thing with the Eagles, same thing with the NFC East. Like, there are some divisions where they just kind of steal games like that, but even still down the stretch in the easier part of their schedule, they still have to play at Indianapolis and they still are home against the Raiders, which I think both of those teams are going to be really competitive, tough teams to face. So I, I don't see them getting to eight wins. If they do, it's going to be an unbelievable coaching job by Mike, by, by Mike Tomlin. And if there's someone who can do it, I do believe it's him, but um, eight wins is a lot for this team with a, with a tough schedule. Um, and no real answer quarterback and probably the start the rookie quarterback coming in at some point in the second half of the season. So, all right, let's finish up the AFC North with the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I have officially stated my my rivalry, my beef with Cleveland Browns, uh, Cleveland Browns fans. Cleveland that's, Frowns. That's better. Yes, name. you know what? Yeah, I like that. The Cleveland Frowns. Um, <laughs> and what sucks is I rooted for the Browns for so long because one of my best friends from college is a Browns fan. But I hated what they did with Baker yep. and the way the fans treated Baker. And I like some of the stuff they did in the offseason. But then on top of it, too, the Deshaun Watson thing is just always, always – it's always going to be a black mark. It's never going to be something that I feel comfortable with. And I'm, I'm just always going to root for them to lose. I'm sorry. I'm just never going to be on the Browns bandwagon here. Um, in addition to their fans being uh, not my favorite. So um, that being said, when you look at the roster, the defense is going to be nasty. Um, they bring back Jadavian Clowney, who was really good for them. Um, yeah. You know, Jadavian Clowney's career has basically been Brandon Graham. And that's because he, you know, the only difference is one went number one overall and the other one went, I think Brennan Graham went like 14th or 15th overall, but they're disruptive. They, they pick up double teams. They, their QB hurry stats are off the charts. They just don't get sacks. And when Bill Belichick says that sacks are the dumbest statistic in all of football, maybe we shouldn't put as much of value on the sack numbers as, as we do, right? We like it because the end result is a huge play, but it's kind of like the same thing with a fumble, a forced fumble versus a fumble recovery. A forced fumble is the, honestly, if you're the one that forces the fumble, that's the person who gets credit with the, with the play. If you recover the fumble, you're in the right place at the wrong, at the right place at the right time. And the ball hops into where you can be able to pick it up and make a play with it. So to me, being disruptive along the defensive line is far more important than actually getting a bunch of sacks. And Jaden Clowney's done that his entire career. I also love the Chase Winovich trade. Just another nice rotational guy there to go on the other side of Miles Garrett. Um, we know that they're three deep in, in across all levels of their defense. Their secondary is really good. Um, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa in year number two, he was great as a rookie before he got a little banged up. And I think he's going to come back and have another really, really good year this year. Uh, they bring back Anthony Walker as well. They extended Denzel Ward, who's one of the best punters, Ronnie Harrison, they bring back. So they have a ton of pieces on defense. I expect this defense to be really, really good. The offense, however, it's not quite as loaded as what we've thought over the last couple of years, right? Like two years ago when they made their run to the playoffs and it was, you know, OBJ, even though he got hurt and there was all that shit, but even so his first year was pretty good, but Jarvis Landry was still catching a hundred balls. You had this depth. Now they do still have that, you know, ridiculous backfield, the best backfield in football with Chubb and Kareem hunt. And, mm -hmm. but the offensive line, is also not what it was a couple of years ago when they were the best offensive line in football. So there's some well, questions here, but uh, I'm up. I'm open to discussion. But the biggest question here with this team, and Avito, I know you're chomping at the bit, but ultimately is the Deshaun Watson thing. And if he if it ends up staying at six games, they could end up you know winning because reportedly from Jake Trotter, who covers the the Browns for ESPN, if the game if the suspension goes any more than six games the browns will trade for another quarterback and they will not go into the season with jacoby Brissett, i.e jimmy garoppolo who yep. <laughs> played in the that same played in a very similar offense uh will not turn the ball over will be happy to turn around and hand the ball off um and they go on yeah they got amari cooper uh, but Jakeem grant tore his acl he's done for the year he tore his acl in camp so i don't know there's a lot of questions here 
but ultimately the biggest one is Deshaun Watson. If he plays, they're going, they're going to win a bunch of games. If he doesn't play the role season, they're probably going to be, I don't know, six win team in my guess. I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly. And here's why this line PFF ranks number two behind your Philadelphia Eagles as the best, second best line for 2022. And that's because Jack Conklin, Jedrick Willis, they're finally, they're healthy. They haven't been, if they stay healthy, this line is incredible. I'm telling you, I think this line could be the best line in football. Uh, obviously their defense is great. Their backfield is great. And I personally believe in Donovan people's Jones. I have some, like, I think this guy athletically is up there. He just needs some time and, and he did in college and he did it. And now in the pros, I think this dude with his length, his size, the place he makes on the outside is great. Amari Cooper. They needed, they needed this pick. And I think just the leadership that he's going to bring into the wide receiver room um, is going to be huge. I think that's going to be a 180 from what they obviously like what happened in the wide receiver room last year. So I think that's going to be really great. Um, you got to remember, right? Like in the middle of the season, OBJ went on and, and he won a Super Bowl. So it was a great move for him. But, um, you know, th- that that obviously caused a lot of turmoil in this whole locker room. But I think you have Njoku at tight end. I love the backfield. Yeah, hopefully, you know, for, for their sake, if Deshaun plays to your point, it'll, it'll go well. If not, I think they, if they make a move for, for like Garoppolo, man, I would, I actually think this team is still playoff. Like, I mean, that would be a great pick for them. Right. That wouldn't, that feels like it fits better than anything else. It feels like that fits better than Deshaun almost, you know? And I don't know. I just think that this team behind running the ball and how solid this defense is, I'm expecting a lot now. I'll classify this. I now basically live in Cleveland as well. So, so uh, please, you know, note asterisk this and note my, uh, my home fan ism here, because, you know, I, I actually, I don't even want to comment on Deshaun Watson. I don't, I don't even want to deal with that because, you know, I think we've all talked about our feelings on that and it's, it is what it is. But what, what I do love about this team again is the lines on both offense and defense. And that's where games are won. I think they're, Wide receivers can make plays and tight end. I think their defensive backs can make plays. I love uh, Jeremiah Osukoromoa, like you said, coming at like to have a full healthy year here. I think uh, Anthony Walker has played well. Um, you know, uh, I, I really like Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Greg Newsome, their three corners. This team, I think, if, if you have a solid quarterback, could have a year where they just run their way through the playoffs and they have a guy equivalent to even Tannehill, right? If they get, if they get Garoppolo, they could be the Tennessee Titans that just run really well and play good defense. And they'll somehow just beat your team 17 to 13 and 21 to 20 and all that shit. It would right? be the Through Niners the last year. Yeah. That's, that's a better comp. Yeah. And, and, and so that's, that's my feelings, but what, what do you think about this team, Scotty? Uh, I, as, as someone who, uh, <laughs> whose quarterback might be going there, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, look, I, I like, I like what they have on on both sides of the ball. The the thing that has hampered them in seasons past for even as much talent as they had on the roster is injuries. Like Denzel Ward has not played a full season uh, uh, in a while, and uh, you know, and it was injuries on both sides of the ball. I mean, we saw Chubb Half get the hurt. offensive he was line. Out, yeah, the offensive line last year. Um, Baker getting the absolute piss pounded out of him because that offensive line was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I look that to me is 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 the key apart from obviously the uh, the quarterback situation. If they stay healthy. I think their they their schedule 
is favorable and lines up really well for them to to win uh, eight, I'd say eight, maybe nine games. Now, well, Jeff, can we go to the over under? Is that okay? Or what did you? Have well, I just else? had I had two things I wanted to just push back mm-hmm. just against what you said because I mean, yeah, when the line's been healthy, they've been awesome, but they're also other than Jedrick Wills, they've also gotten older. Um, you know, Conklin is on the back nine of his career and has also dealt with a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. Uh, they lose J.C. Treader, who was one of their starting offensive linemen from last year as well. Uh, Jedrick Wills coming off of a big injury, Conklin coming off a big injury. I have concerns about how – because, yes, they were graded that well when they were playing, but they also were a really good run-blocking uh, run team up front. I'm just not totally sold – on them being as dominant as they were before. It's it's reminiscent of, you know, the years when, and I can't, I, I'm sorry to keep using Eagles analogies, but like when Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson, some of those guys started to kind of deteriorate a little bit and Jason Peters even when they were starting to break down, they were still really productive, but they were just on the back half of it. And ultimately they became unreliable there in the last couple of uh, years that that core was around and the Eagles did a good job of replacing them. And I don't think the Browns have those guys in. I think they might be on the verge of kind of sitting it down. And the other thing is, is you brought up the OBJ thing and, and having him out of the locker room and thinking that's going to be better. I would argue that they got rid of one small problem in the locker room and brought in a massive completely bigger and way more overshadowing cop problem with Deshaun Watson and football people will tell me. And, and I've talked to players who've been around guys who've been involved with this kind of stuff. And what I've always heard is that once you get on the field, the team doesn't care. They're doing that. But I also think that's big, tough football guys saying that because that's what they were always bred to do. And in their minds, they only focused on that. That doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't an actual problem because in all of the cases that we've seen where these kinds of things hang over teams, it's almost always going to be a problem. And you can't tell me that the media shitstorm of all the people surrounding the Deshaun Watson thing over the last six months hasn't played some sort of a role in getting its way into locker rooms and getting its way into meetings and, and people talking, you know, that's well, just human nature. So especially, especially to your point, the fact that we don't even, the suspension's not done and dealt with. It's not like they got this guy afterward. Like think about when again, it's not even over yet. to Vic, when Vic came back to the Eagles it was this huge thing, but guess what? The dude had his sentence. He did his time. He came out, whatever. And he was it, a backup for a year yeah. behind McNabb. Yeah, and in this now is a totally different scenario. We don't even know what the suspension is. We don't know what's happening, but we know what happened, at least somewhat. And we know like that clearly the perception is against him. And and that's I, I agree with you hundred percent. The fact they brought him in, I personally think, and here's what I was gonna ask when we do the over-under, I would love what you guys would think the over-under is now, and then the over-under would be if they just had Baker for the full year. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, because so, I, I think t- with, along with what you're saying, I would much rather have Baker lead this team with how I, I think they're going to come back here and have a really good year. So I think with him, man, it would be incredible. I mean, they won 10 games or it was a 10 or 11 games the year in, in 2020 when Baker was healthy and he was playing. And I've said it a million times on the spot, but he was playing with a torn rotator, two torn rotator cuffs <laughs> last year, and they still won eight or not i think they won eight and nine or nine and eight last right. year so I, I i'm with you all right scotty what is the over under and i'd be curious if there's even a line on it because of the uncertainty but i'm assuming there probably is there is there's a line on everything it's gambling uh eight and a half is the line yeah so it's the most yeah. dead in the middle yeah 
you know, as, as humanly yeah. possible. Look, if it, if the suspension stays at six games, which the belief around NFL circles right now is that there's not a high likelihood that that is the case, that it's likely going to be an indefinite suspension or a 12 games or a year or something. Um, if he does only get suspended six games and he comes back, I would probably take the over. Cause I think whether it's Brissett starting those games, I think they could steal a game or two. Um, in those first six, because you'll at least have seven to make it up on the back. So if you win two, can Deshaun lead you to seven wins? It, it'd be tough, but Deshaun is that good. Um, but I, I just don't have any faith in that. I'm going to take the under. And, and, if it was, and if it was Baker, I would take the over. Their first four are Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. So four and oh. Uh, well, not if it's Jacoby Brissett playing. One. Not if it's Jacoby Brissett playing. I, that defense is that good that – They'll, they'll win them those those four Maybe. games. I yeah, I think if if it's suspension, I'm going. I mean, I think they could still get nine, but because of the run and defense, and I think they have a favorable. I mean, they outside the con. I mean, they have Texans, the Commanders, the Saints. They they've got some teams that I think they can get some pick some wins off late in the year. But like, you know, Falcons. I I just don't know. This is so hard because. Right. You got to deal with reality. That's what we have to do. And right now, the reality is that currently it's a six game suspension. And I would say my gut's saying over. If they had Baker, I would say over not like all day. And I think that they have 10 to 11 wins and are like crushing a lot of teams here. And, and that's just to me why I, to your point, Jeff, earlier, really just don't understand some of what this, this Browns as a, company as a as a football operational program is doing so yeah yep. scotty i'm on the i'm on the under actually um i really think i think the way things will pan out um with either watson or uh garoppolo but here we're, we're just speculating operating on what they have on the field right now i'm, I'm on the under um, despite winning those first four games, because that's a I just walk. I can't imagine going into the season thinking that okay, we could have Jacoby Brissett be our starter week one. We could have TBD or in parentheses Jimmy Garoppolo being our starter right. in week one, which he's running out of time to learn the offense. Yeah. Um, or Deshaun Watson. Like it's just it's crazy how wide open it can be. The one thing I do know is that I really. Really hope Baker Mayfield starts for the Panthers in week one against Cleveland and absolutely lights them up. I hope he Sam, comes in and absolutely revenge game. lights oh. them the fuck up. And there's a good chance that we that we'll see a uh, a Joe Flacco revenge game week one too, starting for the Jets now that Zach oh, Wilson wow. uh, is going to be out for two to four weeks. That was a scary, uh, almost almost ter- uh, Traumatic, terrible injury there for the Jets, but they uh, they avoided it. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the NFC North, but before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Alliance Accounting. Tax season is just like football season. It never really stops, and if you think it's hot out now while we're waiting for football season to come back, imagine the hot water you'll be in if you miss the October filing extension deadline. And whether you are a small to mid-sized business or an individual playing one-on-one with your income taxes, the trusted team at Alliance Accounting is here with reliable accounting solutions to get you across the goal line without missing any of those deadlines. 
I use Alliance Accounting myself. They're phenomenal. They've got fantastic. They've got a fantastic small team that is always available to help. And one of the things I love most about Alliance Accounting is the deep roster they provide for both individuals and businesses. Alliances Alliance will accurately file your federal and state taxes for you, saving you time and money. And who doesn't love that? They will review your return thoroughly to check for all available deductions and credits to make sure you score the maximum refund you deserve. And they'll help you plan for your team's future with detailed and personal analysis of your taxes and provide you solutions tailored to your needs. And it doesn't stop there. Alliance Accounting's roster will get you through overtime with their thorough and trusted bookkeeping and business finance services. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the games, all the games this fall, knowing that Alliance Accounting has got you covered for all your tax needs. Visit their website, Alliance Accounting, that's allianceacctng.com, or find them on their Instagram at alliance underscore accounting. Once again, that's allianceacctng.com, or find them on Instagram at alliance underscore accounting, Alliance Accounting with you every step of the way quick break right back and we will be hitting the nfc north to wrap up our 2022 nfl season preview the nfc north the last division we have uh we're gonna start with the team that is definitely the most interesting in this division and uh more than that is probably the only really super interesting team at least um, there's some interesting stuff for football fans, but in terms of competitiveness, there's this is one horse race here. I think in the NFC North, it's the Green Bay Packers uh, coming off a massive, a really good season for them, cut short by that snowy NFC playoff game to your San Francisco 49ers. Um, Aaron Rodgers comes back. Devontae Adams does not. So, boys, we're going to start there and then we'll get into some of the nitty gritty stuff with the rest of the roster after that. Um, how much does this impact Aaron Rodgers? Because in my eyes, there's two schools of thought, right? I see it kind of going one of two ways. Either it hurts them tremendously, right? Because Devontae Adams is, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in football. Or we see a little bit more of the Aaron Rodgers we used to, which was the guy who was able to turn Jordy Nelson into, you know, a multi-time pro bowler and a millionaire and Randall Cobb into one of the best weapons in the NFL. Uh, we got to remember they have a fantastic running game there still. The offensive line still should be pretty good, assuming that David Bakhtiari comes back. But this is this team's in a really interesting spot. So right off the bat, which version of Aaron Rodgers do we see? Do we see a, a run at a third MVP in a row, or do we see a drop-off here from the uh, the reigning MVP, two-time reigning MVP? Well, a uh, a drop-off might sound psychedelic to uh, to some of us, but the amount of mushrooms and ayahuasca is going through uh, in the offseason. I know I'm kidding. Look, I I can't discount Aaron Rodgers. Uh, just he's one of the all-time greats at quarterback, uh, and and he's proven that no matter who you put around him, uh, they'll they'll be a successful team. The only problem is those guys. I, look, if you want to get into the comparison game of like is uh, MVS or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, uh, who else is, uh, they drafted uh, Christian, Christian, well, they, Watson, Christian Watson, who, who was injured, um, in the off season. He had knee surgery in the off season and they traded up to get him. Um, Amari Rogers, who was a third round draft pick a couple years ago, ran 
I think he ran 40 routes last year and caught four passes. Um, so who's going to take that target share? Is it going to be all of them? Is it going to be Aaron Jones getting more out of the backfield? Um, I don't know, but I do know that the guy throwing those passes, as long as he stays healthy, they're going to keep uh, winning ball games. Well, to that point, um, you got to keep him upright. I, I'm, I think to your point, Jeff, he can play with anybody and play at an MVP level with anybody. Now, is Devontae Adams help? Obviously, that would be great. Sammy Watkins, the replacement there doesn't do it, but this is the only team on the, you know, I'll be talking about these PFF offensive and defensive lines. We've been using these for a while. Green Bay is the only one that has a top five offensive and defensive line projection for 2022. Now here's why I say projection because they keep getting hurt at tackle. And, and that's going to be the main concern here is what happens, um, you know, to the health of this offensive line this season, if they're healthy, I believe that they're going to have a great year. Yeah, he's going to spread it around, but this defense is good. They got Quay Walker in the first round this year to play linebacker, right? They, they run that three, four. So there's two inside linebackers. I think adding him will help enormously, even outside of that line. I really do love um, both the defenses here. They got a bunch of, of talent in that secondary. Um, and, and that's the thing. If you had to have one weakness on a team, with Aaron Rodgers, it would be wide receiver. I'll take the best player, you know, I'll take a solid core everywhere else and I'll let the MVP, the back-to-back MVP reigning champ figure it out at receiver with Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Christian Watson when he comes back. I'll, I'll take that any day. And, and that's obviously why we're talking about them first. I mean, the team just doesn't have a lot of holes. And the holes they do have, you know, we, we always talk about drafts, you know, get them some help and free agency, all that stuff. Well, at least they got walk-ins and they did draft two wide receivers. Now to your point, let's see what happens with Christian Watson, but um, you know, I, I, that's what I'm looking for is to see what happens there. And, and they did bring in, they got a guy in the fourth and seventh and then, and then a free agent after the fact um, I, I'm excited to see what happens and someone's going to pop out to your point. I feel like it's the same deal where like, um, who are we just talking about that actually drafts? Well, like the Steelers, the Steelers, Steelers always find yeah. a way to draft good wide receivers to your point, Aaron Rodgers just finds guys and develops a rapport with them. And, you know, they go off, they trip, whatever they got to do, and they come back and they absolutely have a season together. So one of these guys is going to be the best player in your fantasy league that you can get in like the ninth round, but none of us know who. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of addition by subtraction. Great take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Alan Lazard's a sleeper for fantasy. Um, I think Sammy Watkins, too. I mean, I wouldn't draft him particularly high. But again, he's getting fed by – we've always seen that with Rodgers, at least from a fantasy perspective. Picking up one of those guys off a waiver wire, I mean, they get dropped constantly, but they always end up having – one of them has a decent game, has a good game, you know, pretty much every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's going to be a little bit of addition by subtraction. You know, what they decided to do this offseason was – not pay Devontae Adams and use that money to go out. And the other guy they lost was Zadarius Smith too, which was a big loss for them, but that's why they drafted Quay Walker. Right. I mean, and, and on top of that too, they also brought back, um, uh, sorry, I had his, uh, Preston Smith, who was a solid linebacker for them. Jay Alexander signed up for a long-term extension. So they're great in the secondary. The defense is going to be phenomenal. Eric Stokes going to his second year at cornerback. They bring back Razul Douglas, who really found a home in that nickel cornerback slot and was really, really good for them. Strong uh, safety is their best spot, please. Yeah. I mean, that's it's Adrian Amos. Adrian Amos <laughs> is a stud. Like they're, they're great across the board on, on defense mm-hmm. and, we got to remember this too. Like their offensive line 
you know, Bakhtiari is a huge miss or is a huge thing piece of this for them because if he's yeah. missing, if he's not in the lineup, that hurts them. And it hurts them even more this year because Billy Turner, who was their kind of do-it-all offensive lineman who played, I think, all five or four out of the five uh, offensive line positions last year, is now a Denver Bronco. So they don't have the depth. They don't have that sixth offensive lineman that they did last year. But there is some optimism that David Bakhtiari will be able to return at some point. Um, and John Runyon's a really, really good left guard. Josh Myers is a great center. Jake Henson's a great right guard. Um, and Jenkins, the right tackle is pretty solid too. So they're going to be able to run the football. They have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. They also went out and got Kylan Hill in the draft who, uh, which actually I think might've been last year's draft, but a nice speedy guy is a compliment guy there. This is going to be a run first team. They do a ton of pre-snap motion and Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to sit there and adjust things before, you know, when they're not doing pre-snap motion and play the style he wants but they're going to run the ball. They're going to play good defense. And then when they need to throw it, you have Aaron Rodgers there to throw it. And he's going to get those guys open. I mean, this team, yes, they're going to be playing a tough schedule because they're a first place team. But I mean, their first real testing game, they have Tampa Bay week three, and then they have Buffalo, I think in week eight. And then you don't really see a whole lot of other teams other than the Rams later in the season in week 13 that you go, oh, I don't, I don't really see a win here. You know, there's going to be a couple of tough games that aren't guaranteed wins. But I think for the most part, I think they're going to run through this schedule pretty comfortably. And I think they're going to go on to another 12 to 13, maybe even 14 win season if they win a couple of those close games. And I think Aaron Rodgers, it's similar to what I said about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he lost Tyree Kill, but now it's going to open him up to be that much. It's going to make everyone else dangerous. Instead of the defense keying in on one guy, you have to worry about everyone because of the quarterback, not just because of the wide receiver. Teams were worried about Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, but they were at least able to key in on him and say, all right, well, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us throwing to Alan Lazard or MBS, you know, or Equinanius St. Brown. They have Amari Rodgers there who's going into his second year, who was a nice player out of uh, Clemson, who I think could have a chance to be a nice little role player. They do have Randall Cobb back, so at least you have a some sort of security blanket there out of the slot for Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a lot to like about this team. And the one thing that Rodgers has that Mahomes doesn't have, or this is part of my question with Mahomes, was we just haven't seen Patrick Mahomes do that without Tyreek Hill. We've seen Aaron Rodgers be great without a, a true number one wide receiver. And oh, yeah. he's got a better running game now than he did then. And he's got a better defense now than he had then. So I really like Green Bay. I think they should be the favorites to come out of the NFC, not just the NFC North. I think they should be the favorites to come out of the NFC. I'm really high on the Packers. I think they're going to have a fantastic year once again. Um, what is the over under at, Scotty? Do you know? Ten and a half. Oh, over. Smash the over. Yeah, I'm actually literally opening up an app to bet on that right now. What? <laughs> Guys. I, I don't see six. I don't see seven losses on this schedule. Yeah, neither do I. I'm on the over, too. I mean, even if they were to lose Tampa Bay, lose the Tampa Bay, Buffalo, and the Rams, they would still need to lose four more games. And the next toughest opponents that they'd have to play would be Eagles, the, Patri Titans, the Patriots. Cowboys. Yeah, the Patriots, Cowboys, Eagles, and I guess the Titans, but I'm not super high yeah. on the Titans. Uh, Ten and a half yeah. seems way too low. And yep. I, I get it. There's probably a lot of people who are betting the under because they lost Devontae Adams, but – don't let don't fall don't fall for that. They're they're oh. gonna be good. They're gonna be good. Aaron Rodgers has thrown to tight ends and and random guys who never played snaps anywhere else. You know that's that's an insane number. 
That's an insane number. Um, anything else on the Packers that we need to hit before we move on? One just wild thing that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Mercedes Lewis is still in the NFL playing. That dude yeah. got drafted ahead of Maurice Jones Drew in Jacksonville, to put it in perspective, the same year. I don't know how tight ends play till they're 38 years old, which Dude, he is. I don't get it. He's like an, he's like a workout fiend. He's like James Harrison where he just like, he lives in the gym. Um, I only know that because there was some workout video he did with Zach Efron years ago, but when Zach Efron had some YouTube show where he worked Wait, out with athletes and stuff, I was going to say when you were Googling Zach Efron, YouTube videos and you found yeah, out Zach Efron's shirtless <laughs> Zach Efron, but yeah, I, yep. That's all my search history. Um, you too, our, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're no, such yeah, good friends. No, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Everyone does that. Right. Um, all right. Let's talk about the projected next best team here. Um, and it's weird to say it's a make or break year because it's a first year head coach, but the Minnesota Vikings are kind of a make or break year, at least when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Now they gave him another extension this off season. So they're committed to him for at least the foreseeable future, but we know in the NFL, that doesn't necessarily always mean a whole lot. Other than the fact that the Mike Zimmer stuff was stale and bringing in a new head coach is going to, ideally kind of help rent you know reinvigorate everybody and and kind of get everyone kind of hopped up to it I mean they still have Justin Jefferson who we know how good he is um Adam Thielen KJ Osborne who along with like Cedric Wilson like my two that like really really solid number three receiver who's big and athletic um I'm curious how much more we're going to see at top performance out of Adam Thielen there's going to be people in your fantasy drafts who probably overdraft him just let let them do that because i love him but i I do think that's going to be a problem um dalvin cook comes back but i don't know man it still comes back to kirk cousins like and i know the numbers are always impressive at the end of the year but i swear every year when we watch the season we always go back and we're like don't let kirk cousins fool you don't let the numbers fool you it's he's you know (laughs) when he blows a game late in the fourth quarter in, in week nine or, or week 13 or whatever. And we go back and go, God, how did Kirk Cousins fool us again? Don't be that guy. It's part of my Derek Carr ruling here too. It's like, don't let the fact that just because there's good numbers fool you from what we've always seen out of Kirk Cousins, which is a guy who outside of a handful of moments has never really won a big game. Now in their defense, they did go out and they brought back Patrick Peterson again, um, a nice, cornerback piece i mean he's obviously well past his prime he was okay there last year um but the big addition for them was the darius smith from the they stole him from the packers which is huge for them yeah. uh they also bring in jordan hicks so it seems like the linebacker the linebacker spot there is going to be solid for them um they lose some pieces on the d line everson griffin who we know had you know that's kind of scary mental thing happened to him uh in the middle of the season last year uh, they lose Michael Pierce, who was a starting D tackle. Sheldon Richardson, who was a, one of their starting D tackles. Uh, the defensive line is not going to be great. Uh, they also lost Xavier Woods out of the back end of the secondary at the safety spot. Anthony Barr is finally gone. Um, I don't know. I think the defense will be marginally better. Uh, I think the <laughs> off. I think the offense will be decent. But I got a hard eh there from Scotty. So make yeah. the case. Defense is going to be top 10. Not only the the guys they brought in in free agency, they drafted Lewis Seen in the first uh, out of Georgia and Andrew Booth, uh, who I know you love, Jeff, uh, mm-hmm. coming out of the draft. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr. in the second uh, to shore up that back end. Um, and then in the third, uh, 
yeah, the third round, they get to the uh, linebacker, Brian Asamoah, out of uh, Oklahoma. So I don't see a spot other than the fact that they're young and inexperienced, but those are three really good players uh, that they that they got to shore up that defense. Well, I think – I mean, they're all rookies. The, what I, They are. And I'd also say to, to counteract that, I, I do think some of those will, will play. I mean, none of them are projected to start right now, but they'll see the field. The, what I'm more concerned about on the defensive side is, is this banger bust with – um, Hunter and Zadarius Smith, because here's the deal. There's a great statistic here where it shows that in 2019, those two, Zadarius Smith and, and Daniel Hunter, both had the most pressures on quarterbacks during the 2019 season. Now, they haven't gotten close since then, right? And they've had injuries and all this stuff. So it, this is such a boomer bust. Like, are they healthy? Can they come back to 75% of that? Or are they, are they going to get fullback? Or are they just you know, a shell of themselves. I think these question marks on the rush side is what's going to really come down to what they can do against elite teams. Because the one thing about the Vikings, yeah, you can go score if you're up or what, you know what I mean? That's, that's great. But on the defensive side, you have good secondary players, but can you, can you rush? And right now I think that's my biggest question mark with them is what's happening there on the rush side, both on the defensive line and, and, and on the outside backers. Now there are skilled players and, and I hope, for everyone, you know, you never, you always hope that players return to full health just for the sake of the league and for the sake of football. But it's really hard to do that, especially in such a physically demanding position of rushing the passer. Um, so I don't know. I, I do love the fact that they have some of those picks you mentioned uh, in the secondary. They have three draft picks in the top four rounds in the secondary. They also got Ed Ingram, a guard who I think will plug in and help at some point this year. You can never have enough good offensive linemen. I love Dalvin. Great Cook. guard play. Yeah. Love great guard play. Well, I, and I love Dalvin Cook. March or I, September. <laughs> I think that this is what happens, uh, you know, with this team is that they have a couple games that Kirk Cousins like could win. And then I think we definitely put the magnifying glass on him and give him a lot of shit, um, which is so fun to do. God, it's so fun. Like I look forward to Kirk Cousins messing up just so we can talk about him. But isn't he same- out with COVID now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, Jeff, didn't you say? Yeah. Miss, and, and, missed the first preseason game because he got COVID again. Yeah. He's also one of those guys, though, that like, Sign him off the street, come in. He's probably learned every offense in the NFL at this point or some version of it. He'll be fine. He, he's a journeyman guy. But I, I think they'll have a good season. Um, but I think it comes down to pass rush for me. I, I think a lot of it's Kevin O'Connell. I mean, it's another mm-hmm. guy from the from the Sean McVay tree. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he could come out and be, you know, uh, you know, a Shanahan type or he could come out and be you know, Brandon Stale, you know. But we just have no idea. We just have no idea, and it's a team that's already set, and they're probably going to run some interesting new stuff, especially getting a, you know an older generation guy like Mike Zimmer out. Um, I, the one thing I will say, I do, I like the offensive line. Christian Darrisaw in his second year needs to step up. Uh, I love the center Garrett Bradbury, so they have some decent pieces along the offensive line. Um, I don't know. I mean, Dalvin Cook's going to be big, but to your point too, the injury thing with him has always been big. Uh, does he didn't he have something legal going on with him last year too? Did that ever get followed up with? I know I know they said it's likely that Kamara is gonna his all his legal stuff's gonna get pushed to 2023, which I don't know how that's possible. But um, look, they have a fantastic trio of wide receivers. Kirk Cousins, they're gonna put up stats and they're gonna win some games. Um, I don't think they're gonna end up being a, a playoff team. If they are, I think they're a fringe playoff team. They're gonna be the the same annoying 
you know, Minnesota Vikings that they always are, where they'll win more games than you probably think, and they'll lose some games that they probably shouldn't. And a lot of that's going to be due to Kirk Cousins. Um, not a super easy schedule. Uh, got the Packers, the Eagles in weeks one and two. You have the Saints, uh, Miami, Arizona, Buffalo, Dallas, New England, um, Indianapolis. And then, you know, you got obviously you face Green Bay twice. So um, what's the over under at? Because I, I think eight, I would say it's probably seven and a half or eight and a half would be my guess. Nine and a half. Wow. Oof. I'm going to say I don't under. See, I don't see 10 wins out of this team. I mean, they could do it, but for I, I think that they're going to have a hard time in this division. And I just – there's something in my gut that says, yeah, they have they have all these pieces and Kirk Cousins should be able to get that. But for my gut's telling me to say under, and it doesn't do that often. So I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Over. They have a top 10 defense. Justin Jefferson leads the league in uh, targets, catches, and touchdowns. Oof. I mean, I mean, but didn't you just say that, you know, young receivers have regressions and then wasn't he like way better in year two? Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, but he's the exception, <laughs> not the rule. Uh, and I would say that it's more likely Jamar chases. No, I just no. I mean, he's, he's going to have another great year. He's absolutely ridiculous. And Kirk cousins is, I think you're right. I think they're going to feed him, um, feed him a lot, but no, I'm definitely taking the under there. 10 wins. They'd have to, they'd have to win a lot of games. They'd have to win a lot of games. All right. Yeah. 10 uh, in fact. Yeah. Of the last two teams here in the NFC North, there's one team that is more interesting than the other to me, even though they're both bad. And that's the Detroit Lions that I think we're all on on the Dan Campbell Express here. Um, the thing is, as long as Jared Goff is still there, we're not really going to know what the future holds. And I do think ultimately this is a team that is not – and we saw it last year, like they're going to fight every single game nonstop. And some of the clips that we've seen from hard knocks of Dan Campbell, basically crying, hyping up his team, because all he does is think about them. He he's, he's like, that's all I do. He's like, every moment of my day, all I'm doing is thinking about you guys. And he's like in tears, almost like, like yelling. Um, I mean, how do you not want to just run through a brick wall for this dude? I really, really hope that they pull off some wins, but at the same time, I want them to get a quarterback of the future. And, and I like Jared Goff. I think we all kind of like Jared mm -hmm. Goff, but yeah, I don't think there's a massive difference between him and J Jimmy G or Kirk cousins, you know? Um, but I, I, I just don't see a whole lot of wins for this team. Um, they get out, they went out and got DJ shark, who was at least another decent weapon. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown really came on strong there. The offensive line should be better. They have a good running back room with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, so who knows? Maybe the offense does look a little bit better, right? And maybe they do start to pull some stuff together. The defense, um, obviously they draft Aiden Hutchinson this year, so he's going to be interesting to, to, uh, to kind of follow and see what his career looks like. Uh, they brought in two starting safeties, uh, even though they lost Dean Marlowe, a former JMU Duke. Shout out to Dean Marlowe. Um, and uh, they also lost Trey Flowers, but – um, interesting guy here, Jared Davis, or I don't know if it's Jared or Gerard Davis, but he was a first round draft pick by the Washington football team linebacker out of Kentucky, I think two years ago. And I didn't even realize he got cut this off season, uh, but he's now headed to Detroit. Um, oh, yeah, they also brought in Josh Reynolds, who was one of the nice slot receivers there for, uh, the Rams for a couple of years. So who knows, right? Um, I just I don't see a whole lot. I think what we all agree on is we want to see just we want to see this team win more games for Dan Campbell. 
for his for his sake and for Detroit Lions fans' sake. Man, I, I'm super high on what this team is going to do up front. That PFF ranking, the team, the offensive lines has Detroit Lions offensive line at number three with three recent first round picks. Um, you know, and, and I think Frank Ragnow, the the center, is a great pick. Penny Sewell obviously is just a, a top talent. They got uh, Big V and and Jeff. You can help me pronounce that. The I can't. Guard I've never. From, I've never dude, been at the tackle. Tackle Hala, from Philly. Halepulo uh, Vitae. We just called yeah. him. Yeah, I know yeah, the Big last v. name. Yeah, big, big v. v is better. So, you know, then they uh, got the Taylor big Decker and, and Jonah Jackson. I, I really like this line. I really, really do. And um, I think they're a team that, uh, to your point, has a serviceable quarterback. Um, you know, if he can, he listen, he took a team to the Super Bowl, whether he, you know, and, and didn't score a touchdown. But, uh, you know, outside of that, I think uh, it's going to be different now on the defensive line. They've had a lot of trouble, but they got Aiden Hutchinson. And, you know, we'll see what happens there and how much of an impact he can make. Um, but outside of that, to your point, this is just a team of people that, you know, this is going to be about what their coach can get out of them. I think this year. And again, I, I think on the offensive side, James Williams coming back later in the season, we'll see, this could be a team that my hope is that when he comes back, he spurs something that being Jamison Williams, we get a burst of offense a little bit and it sets them up to have still some, some high draft picks next year, get some more talent in this team but really have a foundation um, to jump, you know, forward even more. So I don't, I don't think they're going to get to that winning record this year by any means, but I think they're, they're, they're taking another step. Well, and I'll say this too, if Jameson, if, and when, cause I do think it's more when, but when Jameson Williams comes back, that's a fun little wide receiver room, man. Mm-hmm. Jameson Williams, Emin Ross, St. Brown and uh, DJ shark. That's a fun wide receiver room, man. That that's at least some weapons there. And you also have uh, TJ Hawkinson too, who's <laughs> yep. a great tight end. Um, I, I do want to touch on too one little smaller thing, but uh, Josh Pascal, the defensive end out of Kentucky that they drafted, obviously Hutchinson got all that. He was the number two overall pick. He was finished second in the Heisman voting. We all know how good he is and how good he probably will be. Josh Pascal is an explosive absolute like was a game wrecker at at Kentucky and he is a great fit with this team I think adding two new young pass rushers to this team um, they also drafted one of my favorite players in college football last year uh, Malcolm Rodriguez who was the middle linebacker for Oklahoma State who was real undersized not super athletic but just has a nose and a mind for the game he's he is Dan Campbell's brain put into like you know, a young 22 year old kid's body who, you know, was a, like a fifth year senior who hung around and, and led one of the best defenses in college football last year. So uh, he's a dude who, yeah, sixth round pick, but he could absolutely end up starting and playing game. And look, their, their season, like their schedule, there's a lot of winnable games, man. There's a lot of winnable games. They start off at Philly and our home against Philly and home against Washington. Right. So two and oh. <laughs> I'm joking, <laughs> but Washington's winnable. Seattle's winnable. Uh, then they have new England, Dallas, Miami, but then, it, you know, Chicago, obviously giants, Jacksonville, uh, the jets, Carolina and Chicago again, like th- there's a world where they rattle off, you know, they won three games last year. They could win, you know, five or six games here. I wouldn't be super shocked. Well, you better get real shocked because they're going to win more than that. Uh, what's what's the over under at? Over unders at six and a half. This is a seven or eight win football team. Man, that's a really good line. 
I think it's a little too high. I probably would have put it at five and a half. Um, yeah, my, my gut's saying six, but I'm going to say over just because I like this fucking team. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm going to take the under. Um, six and a half is that's that's a high number, man. Seven, bet- seven, seven wins is tough. What are you doing? Betting with your head and not your heart? What's going on over there? I mean, this guy. <laughs> One of us has to be rational on this podcast. All right. Totally, no. totally. I, I, I'm running. I'm say. running through the gambling brick wall for Dan Campbell. <laughs> that's right. Oh man, that's called a bank account. Dan Gamble. All, no more funds. That's what that brick wall is. I'll uh, say this. Gambling. I'm sure there will be a game or two this year that I will drop a couple shekels on, yes. on Detroit. Um, Last- especially once we see them come out, because look, I wouldn't be shocked if they win seven or eight games. I wouldn't be. I, I do think their offensive line is going to be good. I still think the defense is is young, and I think they're going to they have some growing pains. And Jeff Akuda has not yeah. has not panned out so far. And if he has a big if he has a big bounce, well, last year he wasn't. He was bad. So, and part of that might just be the mental challenge of coming back. So if he comes back, but cornerback's a tough one, man. We saw that with Sidney Jones. You know, he was supposed to be the first cornerback taken the year the Eagles took him, and he ends up, you know, never really panning out much more than a decent season as a number two cornerback the year they won the Super Bowl. So I don't know. We'll see, but I, I am hopeful. I would love to be wrong. How about that? Yeah. I hope, I hope that I'm wrong when it comes to the Detroit Lions. And uh, wrapping up our full NFL season preview here, um, the team I'm prob I won't say I'm the least excited to watch this team, but they're, there's not a whole lot I'm excited about to watch this Chicago Bears team. Other than I do want to see what happens with Justin Fields, but we talked about this in the offseason. I have concerns for Justin Fields. He's put in that unfortunate spot of, hey, we have a new GM and a new head coach who didn't draft Justin Fields, and if he doesn't look good, they'll be able to go to the owners and say, hey, he wasn't our guy. Let's move on from him so we can go get our guy because that's the type of shit that happens in the NFL all the time. Um they go out and get Nikhil Harry and Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown after losing Allen Robinson and, you know, Jakeem Grant. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line, not much better at all, really. Um, I, I don't – I think the Bears might end up being one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. I agree. I, I think – you know, again, in, in the PFF side, they have their offensive line ranking 31st for projection and their defensive line ranking 31st for projection again when they lost Cleo Max. So I, I just think that in general, this team is they took a step back. They really did. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but you look at this team, the shit, the pieces they added. I shouldn't say the shit because these are people who, you know, are in the NFL, but it's not productive compared to what they lost. You know, they they drafted some good players in the secondary. They're going to start probably Jacon Brisker out of Penn State, mm-hmm. Kyle, uh, Kyler Gordon, out of, uh, you know, um, another second round pick there from this year. But, you know, th- they're probably going to start right now. Apparently, the projection is Braxton Jones, their fifth round pick this year, starting at left tackle. Like, what the hell is that about? Justin Fields is, in my opinion, a great quarterback. I hope to God what happens, um, what you said happens, Jeff, because I would love to see him at another franchise like the lions, honestly, and, and see what happens there. Uh, obviously interdivisional trades are rare, but I do think that this team, the excitement that Justin Fields brings is great, but man, this is a dumpster fire of a team. If I had to vote on the lowest ranking team and who's going to get the first overall pick next year, I think I'm, I'm betting on Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm with you. <laughs> and they, they sent out Khalil Mack 
They let uh, Akeem Hicks left in free agency. Um, they still have Robert Quinn, who had like 20 or 18 sacks last year in an yeah. unreal season. But, you know, he's also 34, 35. I mean, he's in the tail end of his career. Roquan yeah, yep. Smith doesn't mm-hmm. want to play for them. He requested <laughs> to trade a week uh, a week ago. And, and I think both of those guys are trade candidates. Uh, yeah. And I think both of them get shipped out by the end of the year. Um, Riley Reef and Tevin Jenkins, they, you know, Tevin Jenkins, a kid they drafted last year who was an offensive lineman who seemed like a steal at the time. Uh, he has not been good for them at all. Um, he hasn't been on the field much either. Riley Reef played well for the Bengals last year, but I mean, they're moving him from the right side to the left side because they have no other better option. It's just going to be tough, man. It's going to be a tough year for Chicago. It's a tough year for Justin Fields. And unfortunately, in today's NFL, with how much quarterback talent there is and how much quarterback talent is coming into the league, particularly in next year's draft, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I, re- I really don't for Justin Fields. And I, I hope he gets in a place or they trade him. Or so, I don't know. I doubt they would trade him. But he's someone who I would love to see in a different situation with a different organization. Um, and Eberflus, uh, uh, who was the head coach that they brought in, He's a question mark, you know, it's another defensive guy. So I, I just, I feel for the bears. I'd imagine their win total has to be low. Five and a half under. Yep. Under I'm saying it. I think the lions improve. I don't think they win a game in the division. Their schedule isn't too bad. Um, Cause I do think they'll, they'll steal a win against Detroit. Um, you know, they start off hard with San Francisco and Green Bay, but then it's Houston, which they can win Green Bay, or uh, the Giants, they can win Washington, they can win um, Detroit. I think that could be win Atlanta, the Jets. Five and a half is high. I'm going to take the under, but yeah. again, like five to six wins, you know, and who knows, maybe um, maybe we're all completely wrong. Maybe Justin Fields comes out and is winning in spite of the things around him. But when Darnell Mooney is your number one wide receiver, um, that's, that's a tough spot to be in and no first round pick this year because they traded up to go get Justin Fields. And now Justin Fields is looking around with no one else around him and is, is kind of screwed. So uh, I hope, uh, I hope things work out well for Justin Fields for his sake, but I don't have very high hopes on that. Um, all right, before we go, I just want to remind everybody, we will be doing a fantasy football preview show next tuesday so a week from today from the time you're listening to this uh we will go through maybe do a mock draft i don't know we'll, we'll figure out something fun um undecided if, if, nothing, building. <laughs> if nothing else scotty's our commissioner so he's he's getting ready for it fantasy football season's out i think most people i know are having their drafts here in the next few weeks so we'll get that out right in time we'll have the latest up-to-date information in terms of injuries and and what's going on there it's going to be a weird fantasy year because the first couple rounds kind of feels like a crapshoot a little bit more than more so than in other years. Yeah. Um, got some older players with some injury history. You got some young players that people want to kind of bet on. There will definitely be more wide receivers drafted in the first round this year than I think we've ever seen before. So a lot of interesting stuff to be seen here um, and from the fantasy side. And then we're going to double up on college football programs on Friday's pod. So I will do a little live pro- uh, producing here, boys. Which of the two from the last three do we want to do? ACC, Pac-12, 
ACC Big 12, Big 12, Pac-12. What are we thinking? Oh, Big 10 again? We could no, do that. I, I think uh, I, would, I would love to talk a little ACC and, and what's going on in Clemson. Um, yeah. I would throw them in the mix, but of the other two, I'm open. I was thinking ACC and, and uh, ACC and Big 12. I think that's I like where that. I was leaning. So we will do ACC Big 12 on Friday's pod. So get ready for that. I uh, hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your week. I love both of you. I love all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out once again, Alliance Accounting. Uh, go check them out for all of your needs. This podcast is presented by, I think we need to change it for the intro. This podcast is presented by Alliance Accounting because it is. So uh, everyone have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. And as always, take it easy, everybody. Take it easy.